The only people for me are the mad ones. The ones who are mad to live, mad to talk, mad to be saved, desirous of everything at the same time. The ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing, but burn, 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 like fabulous yellow Roman candles exploding like spiders across the stars. And in the middle, you see the blue center light pop, and everybody goes, oh. a safe place for folks who like the movie better than the book and vice versa. We are recording this on Sunday, June 13th, 2021. Today we are discussing On the Road, the book by Jack Kerouac. With me to talk about the adaptation is the drug-using, jazz-loving, and road-taking Mr. Eric. Say hello to the people, E. Hello, people. Sorry, I just popped out of a jazz club. I was uh, in San Francisco. We were just... We were digging it, you know? We were, yeah. We were catching the, the waves, catching the vibes. Digging the night. Yeah. Uh, you know, drinking beers, driving. Dig life, baby. You know, finding the people who, who know where it's at, right? I'm looking for it. Yeah. And I, you know, you can't quite find it, but you can get close to it. Yeah. And that's sort of like the on-the-road vibe, right? Yeah. And who are not um, a prisoner of time. You just sort of dig time, you know? You dig it. You just dig it. It's endless. Um, you can't catch it. And it extends in front of you as an endless open road that you ride until you get off of it. That was beautiful. Basically. Yeah. I mean, on the road, it's a, it's a confusing <laughs> book. It's very, it's very confusing. And there's it's, lots of phrasings like that. Yeah. It's a bit all over the place. It's kind of like scatty, like a, like a jazz scat where you just make it like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beep, ah, like oh. sound, just like sounds. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, this book was inspired by jazz, actually. Yeah, that's so, true. Maybe that's <laughs> intentional. Yeah, a little scattish. But um, let's get into some fast facts. So obviously we mentioned On the Road, written by Jack Kerouac, published in 1957, had a, has a Goodreads rating of 3.62 out of 364,000 ratings. That's wild. That's... Do you think that, that many people have actually read this book or audio booked it? I bet, I bet. I feel like this is that's probably a, a common high school book. Yeah, that's right? true. For a while. I'm pretty sure it was in our high school English class, but I don't remember reading that. And I bet that explains why the Goodreads ratings are so low. Yeah, probably. Because I think in high school, you're probably more likely to hate something because it's forced on you. Yeah. Versus finding it later in life and choosing to read it. I don't think this is a good book for high schoolers. Yeah, there's certainly some like more adult things that they probably... I just don't think... like. At least for me, I was at the right mindset for this book. In high school? I feel like I have a much more appreciation for it now than I would have then. That's interesting. I'm, I'm going to say the opposite. Really? I feel like I've, I've sort of missed this book. Oh, interesting. Like, I feel like it was something that would have connected with me at 16 oh. when I was 
like young, impressionable. Yeah. Was thinking that like going to San Francisco was cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. Now I think San Francisco is kind of lame. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't really care. There's so many like, Denver, like who wants to spend that? So many time tech bros and fucking yeah. <laughs> Patagonia vests. That's right. <laughs> so the movie uh, directed by Walter Salas. Uh, I'm not really Salas sure. Or sales. Sales. I don't know. Um, S a l l e s. He's the director of the motorcycle the motorcycle diaries. A screenplay by Jose Rivera, who wrote the Motorcycle Diaries. So that team teamed up for this movie, starring Sam Riley, Garrett Hedlund, Kristen Stewart, Tom Sturridge, Viggo Mortensen, Amy Adams, Elizabeth Moss, Kirsten uh, Dunst, Steve Buscemi, and Terrence Howard, who has a brief cameo. But I thought I'd throw him in there because he's a you know big name. Kind it's of. a powerhouse of a cast. It's wild. Yeah. Um, we were watching. I mean, when I was watching, I was like, oh my god, it's Terrence Howard. In the first, he was in the first few minutes. I think that was it. Yeah. Um, and Steve Buscemi was like that. He he comes in fast and leaves. Leaves fast. fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, like heavy hitters. I mean, except for the main cast, I would say. Like Sam Riley was a relative unknown. Garrett Hedlund, relative. Well, probably not a relative unknown, but like bubbling actor. Kristen Stewart, obviously coming off of um, that big uh, Twilight. Twilight series, yeah. right? So she was a big name at the time. So, you know. This is, I feel like, a big movie. I feel like, yes, it makes sense because it's on the road, and if you're probably, like, a young creative person, you probably like the book. Probably, yeah. And they hadn't made a movie. When you hear about making a movie about on the road, you're probably like, fuck yeah, sign me up. Yeah, exactly. I want to be in this. Right, right. And, um, yeah, so big cast, big movie. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 45%, Metacritic 56 so not loved by critics um unfortunately no and we'll get into why yeah we will get into why can you give us a brief 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 recap yeah on the road tells the story of sal paradise a writer living in new york city as he travels across america looking to experience all the continent has to offer um among his traveling companions is the mythic dean moriarty a denver-born free spirit who seeks out a good time above really all all else jazz music copious amounts of alcohol drugs and sex feature prominently and that yes. is on the road yes i do and also cars because you know they are on the road refers to of course driving right so you have to have a car to hitchhiking drive. driving so, yeah. yeah those are in the film as well yeah in the book. Not, not as much driving in the film i could have used more driving you could have used more more like uh what's that movie solaris yeah like a 10 minutes of just one continuous shot yes driving that i've no if you no put dialogue. that shot and put it in this movie it would have made this movie better honestly it would have won an academy award for yeah, sure i think yeah. uh, you know like there's a couple of scenes where there's the, the camera is sort of like on the bumper of the car and they're just showing the road and yeah the lines right, right. there's scenes of like the, the hudson they drive like far away going across a cool landscape mm-hmm. i feel like there's there was an opportunity to bring the cinematography from nomadland mm-hmm. into this movie yeah. And just give us a little bit of, like, travel porn. Yeah. Like, scenery porn. Yeah, there really was not much of it. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of, like, hitchhiking stuff either. Mm-hmm. Where it was just sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, my thumb's out, I'm just hopping in a car. Yeah. I feel like that was... Very brief. Yeah. There, there were was, a couple moments of it. Definitely more... There's more about that in the book. Because I feel like that's got to be a scary thing to do. Yeah. Well, probably not as much back then. I mean, I think nowadays, once we heard about all the murderers and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. back then, that wasn't really a thing. It's another callback to um, the devil all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people there pick up hitchhikers and murder them. Yeah, those guys are This crazy. is the good kind of hitchhiking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, they you, get, you get picked up and dropped off. Right, right. <laughs> Alive. Yes. Um, so, 
We're going to play a quick game. Eric, it's called Two Truths, One Lie. Do you know how to play? I do. Okay. Three statements, two true, one fib. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Number one, the original scroll of On the Road was purchased for over $2 million. Number two, Jack Kerouac wanted Marlon Brando to play Dean in the film adaptation. And number three, the film outperformed its budget at the box office. So its budget was $25 million. Oh, man. I really like the idea that Marlon Brando would play Dean. That feels... actually feels kind of right to me. Um, we'll talk about Dean and the casting of Dean later, too. But I, I kind of like Marlon Brando. I feel like he's got this sort of, like, macho-ness, but also... He's a little unhinged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel yeah. like Jack Nicholson could be a guy here, although I think Jack Nicholson is maybe a little too violent. Mm-hmm. I don't like. He's not. He's not necessarily a violent person, though. Violent character. Yeah. But, but yeah, Jack Nicholson has like violence in his eyes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I like the idea of Brando. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna say that's true. The original scroll of On the Road purchased for. Over two million. So the the thing about on the road, right, is that it's it's based on Kerouac's travel diaries, but then he sat down and like banged it out and just a continuous scroll of paper mm-hmm. over like a, f- a three week period or something. Yeah, um, which explains why a lot of this book is repetitive. Right. He, you know, it's just a travel diary vomited onto the page. <laughs> two million dollars. That's a lot of money for that. That would be a cool thing to own. Mm-hmm. Um, outperformed its budget. I I think that's got to be the lie. I like this movie. Bad reviews, kind of independent, financed by like foreign entities. Mm-hmm. I saw. I don't. I don't think it outperformed its budget of twenty five million. You would be correct. You did not. Was so that, was that its budget twenty five million? Yeah, budget was twenty five. Box office eight point eight million dollars. So. What did they even spend twenty five million on? Garrett Hedlund. Just this quote. Just him. Yeah. His hair. Yeah. The sweat <laughs> his on makeup his shirt. artist. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Same with Kirsten Stewart. The sweat. Yeah. They had little spray bottles. This is very expensive. So. Yeah, that's true. It's water, you know. The water in California. Hey, it's, it's, not, it's not free. <laughs> so yeah, you are correct. Um, actually, one interesting fact about the original scroll, scroll, it is owned. It was purchased in two thousand one by a prominent NFL team owner. Do you know which team owner it is? The the only would one like I could think of that would want to buy it. I mean, I don't even know if you would want to buy it. I just think of like Jerry Jones. Oh yeah, no, it's not him. It's not him. He's the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. Jim Irsay. Yeah. Huh. Which I thought was interesting because, you know, that just I know him, right? And then obviously you know Jim Irsay. Well, uh, of him. Oh. I mean, he, you know, we're we're casual <laughs> friends. You know what I'm saying? And but he got pulled over years ago, for with like a lot of drugs, right? Yeah. So there's like this. Uh, thought that he's like a drug user or whatever maybe whatever but this would be a, a book that like sort of fits that scenario right so what do you do okay. if you own the scroll i guess you like loan it out to a museum yeah so it's basically displayed at different museums i think it, it was displayed in paris when the film was released because i think it was in Cannes. it premiered at Cannes in 2012 or whatever but yeah it's it's like i think it's there's a beat museum somewhere san francisco yeah i yeah. think it may have been there and okay. it's kind of traveled all over but yeah so yeah it's basically just displayed different places i want to get like a, a room with a big ass vaulted ceilings and just have the scroll like draped oh that'd be sick and just like welcome to my scroll room that'd be so here's, sick. here's on the road here's like the scrolls from the 
Library of Alexandria in Egypt. That'd be a big just flex. All scrolls. Huge flex. Scrolls and tapestries. You would you would want to do that. Yeah. That's like a that's like a that's like a Bond villain room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was purchased by Jim Mercer in 2001 for over $2 million. 2.43 to be specific. And uh, Jack Kerouac, Marlon Brando. That is correct as well. So he actually wrote a one-page letter to Marlon Brando to have him, to try to convince him to play Dean Moriarty while he plays Sal Paradise. Jack Kerouac plays him in the movie. Oh. And uh, apparently Marlon, Marlon Brando never responded. That's so tough. He ghosted him. That's tough. Yeah, it's tough. That's that's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. So you are correct. Well done. Congratulations. I think yeah. that's your first win ever. So yeah, that's good. Will you insert some applause here so that we can? Yeah, yeah, we can do a little applause. Yeah. And we'll be right back. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It'll help us find more fine listeners like you. And we're back. Um, thank you for that brief word from Eric. You're welcome. Appreciate it. So um, we're gonna talk a little bit about the book here. It's about 300 pages, but I would say long pages. It's a pretty dense read. Um, did we like reading it? So it's a it's a tough question to ask and answer because there's a lot of weight of history with this book. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it came out in 57. Um, they, it definitely has the status as one of the great American novels. I think Time Magazine did a... And these things are all like relative, right? But Time Magazine did a list of the top 100 American novels of all time. I think On the Road was like 55. Yep. Something in there. Yep. So not not the top end, but certainly like a book that everybody knows, mm-hmm. even if not everyone has read it. Although, you know, 360,000 people read it on Goodreads. Right. So it's, it's sort of hard to just come out and be like, I didn't like this book because there's a lot behind it that like makes it important. Right. Um, you know, we, we talk about like there's the themes of youth, of adventure, of the West. And I think, like I was, I was mentioning before, as a young person reading this, I, I would feel pretty compelled. I feel like I would pick up this book. It would be dog-eared. You know, you put your like notes in it and just be like, yes, this is what, this is what life could be for right. me. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be exciting. Like that said, I'm, I've come to it. I don't think I read it in high school. Um, uh, you might have. I don't know. I thought I did, but. I could be wrong. I don't really remember much from high school, to be honest. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's it's written so differently. Like it's mm-hmm. written in this sort of like manic stream of consciousness style. I think, I, I think you might have even put in here that it was inspired by um, Neil Cassidy's like letters to Jack Kerouac. Yeah. That the st- sort of style that um, the, the real Dean mm-hmm. puts in his writing, Kerouac kind of copied for this book. Right. And... In its time, I'm sure that was like very uh, new and different and exciting, mm-hmm. and people read it and were like, "Holy shit! Like this is how writing can be." Right. And I read it now, and it's just like, Ugh. yeah, it's it's really yep. hard to parse. There's very little plot, and you know, me as like a 30 year old homeowner, I'm like, "Where's the fucking plot? Right, right. <laughs> Where's the A plot? Where's the B plot? Like, why does no one like learn anything?" Yeah, yeah. And it's just like maybe I'm too square to care about on the road. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those. You're absolutely right. It is. It's it's a book that's loved by literary critics, the literary world, people who study literature, and like artists. And I think people love it because it is so different, um, right? Like like what you said. Where's the plot? Because that's what we've been like programmed to expect with books, right? Um, so I think that has a lot going for it because it's so different. Because it's sort of anti. Establishment. Um, establishment and like 
anti-tradition um that people love it so much um so yeah but i'm the same as you i had a hard time reading it i actually read about half of it and then finished it on the audiobook um just because like i couldn't really get through it um but yeah no i mean it's it's a tough one um tough one to read through um i would i would probably not recommend it if you're looking for a light read like a summer read if you're interested in sort of jack kerouac and if you're interested in sort of americana um having interesting stories with interesting characters i would definitely recommend it um but yeah so i think there are there are good insights in here like he has good um like interesting things to say about cities and people and things and mm-hmm. the way like life sort of was back then like we talked about in our intro episode that the beat generation is this sort of like post-world war ii group of young people who don't really know what to do next like there's this yeah. sense of anxiety and um like confusion about what life should be now that we are done fighting this big war right. like w- what will america become now mm-hmm. that we've like sort of figured things out right um because there's just one big open road and you can turn off in a lot of different places and mm-hmm. it's sort of it's like today when you have so many choices it's hard to make one yes exactly yeah i mean that's a it's a good point because you know obviously this was these experiences happened to Jack Kerouac in the late 40s, right? So right after World War II, like you said. And it's tough for, especially I'm sure young people who go, th- you know, the previous generation had an objective, right? They were there to fight the war. They were there to crush evil and crush the Germans and the, and the Japanese powers. And that was, everybody sort of rallied behind that. But once that was accomplished and that was over with, it's sort of like, okay, what do we do now, Right. And you have this probably this generation, this beat generation of, of, uh, you know, young people who are sort of, I wouldn't say lost, but sort of certainly like searching for something. They're looking for a good time. They're looking for purpose. They're looking for something more than what they already have. So that's kind of what this book sort of encapsulates, in my opinion. Yeah. Looking for kicks. Looking for kicks. Looking for digs. Yeah. And there is, I think, an element of um, a bit of like inside baseball in this to this too, where it's like. I'm Sal Paradise, but you really know it's me, Jack Kerouac. Right. Here's Dean Moriarty, who you really know is Neil Cassidy. Here's right. Carlo Marx, who you really know is Allen Ginsberg. Like mm-hmm. these are my buddies. This stuff, like italicized, really happened. Right, right, right. Um, and these are real people, and this is my crew, and these are our adventures. Yeah. I, maybe it's in the context of like the beat movement. This book is obviously important because it introduces us to a lot of people that are important. Mm-hmm. And yep authors that we're going to read on this season but it is also like these are just my buddies yeah like these are these are kind of real people mm-hmm. kind of mythicized um and it's like well okay but i don't know them so yeah. you, it's like am I, am I missing something it's kind of incredible that you know if this all actually happened that these f- like f- four plus prominent leaders of this beat generation were all like best buds and they all like hung out and they did these things together. Like, I feel like that is sort of unique for the beach generation. Like you don't hear stories about like Stephen King, like going out and getting trashed with like another famous mystery author. Deep right. Case. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know. I mean, they could, <laughs> they certainly could. But I think you mentioned in a earlier conversation, this was kind of like the brat pack. Right. Yeah. Oh, that was at least my comparison. Yeah. Where, like all these, all these people are friends and get lumped in together. Right. It is, it is crazy that like, you know, the, the odds of 
four people who look at the world very strangely would all be in the same place at the same time and right. become friends. Yeah. And then produce like such creative works. Yeah. Um, so I would say that I like it like kind of, mm-hmm. but I also think that part of it just like I missed. Yeah. I, I would agree. I would say the same thing. Um, so what parts of the book were you excited to see adapted? So I was looking forward to the travel, um, like seeing the cities, right? They, yeah. Denver, LA, San Francisco, Mexico, New York, mm-hmm. um, the hijinks, like the weirdos they meet on the road. Yep. There's a, there's a couple of good moments in the book where he is, uh, hopping like car to car and in Nebraska, I think they show this in the movie in Nebraska, he's like on the back of a truck bed and they're like, yeah, these boys like don't stop. Right. You got pee, pee off the back yeah, of the yeah, yeah. truck. Yeah. I was like, that kind of stuff, like life on the road, I wanted to see. Right. I wanted to see the hitchhiking, the, like, we- yeah, the weirdos, right. hitchings, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, in addition, I wanted to see Bean, mm-hmm. because it's it's so showy. It's so crazy mm-hmm. what Dean is. Mm-hmm. He's, like, so far out of his goddamn mind <laughs> um, that it, I, I was sort of curious, like, how an actor would build a character around someone who is crazy mm-hmm. and unreal, but try to make him a real person. Yeah, that would probably be the hard part for an actor to sort of make him empathetic, right, to the audience. Because um, he is just a fucking cyclone and yeah. a jerk and not a really good person. Yeah, I feel like today we'd have words for him, like bipolar or... Yeah. So, like he would be... Something. There would be like a medical condition associated with what he is probably yeah and back then i don't think they probably had like the the words to describe him no definitely not um i agree with you i so i i was most interested in seeing dean on the screen um just yeah because for all the reasons that you mentioned just because he's such an interesting person and he does all this crazy shit and he's just like a loose cannon i mean he's just all over the place and can't seem to focus on one thing um he focuses on like a hundred things yeah. all at the same time yeah and does all of them <laughs> right so um except for being a good person like that was not the, one of the things that he was focused on <laughs> yeah he's like sleeping with multiple women at the same time yeah and while he's doing that he's also going out with his like guy friends yeah he's like all right leaving her behind Camille, with the kid. i'll be back at 3 14 not a minute before right. not a minute after 3 yeah. 14 on the dot and then we will commence with our love making session right exactly like 3 14 a.m like i'm i'm asleep <laughs> right yeah yeah you can you can sleep on the couch yeah be quiet don't come in the room yeah, so Dean, for sure, uh, was a big one for me. And then, why do we think this was adapted? Or two, I want to ask two questions, actually. So, why do we think it was adapted, and why do we think it took so long to get adapted? Yeah, I, they are related. Um, I definitely think you're right. What, it's weird, too, because it, it seems like Kerouac was, wanted this to be a movie. Yes, he and did. And like, I don't know how successful this book was in its time. I think it probably was fairly successful. Must have been. Um, like, it it makes all the sense in the world that you would try to adapt it. Right. Because there's momentum. They Hollywood adapted books like all the time in the forties, fifties. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't TV shows. There wasn't yeah. as many movies. But... Um, I think this book is extremely hard to adapt. Like I don't, it doesn't feel real to me. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't feel like these things happened. The people don't feel real. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's, crazy it's manic mm-hmm. uh as you mentioned there's no plot really mm-hmm. it's just sort of like sal traveling with dean without dean um like they get drunk they do drugs and they like have a good time they don't really even talk about anything right like they 
they they mentioned a couple times like Carlo and Dean will have these deep conversations, but they don't say what the conversations are about. Right. It's just the the idea that they have to get to a certain state of mind to have like higher thoughts, um, to have higher experiences. So, in that respect, like, I don't know what the I don't know what the movie is. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have a story. It doesn't have the beats right of a normal story, and it's just I don't know. I mean, it's hard to sort of put on screen things that are that just occur and have no real relevance to anything. It's just sort of, that's kind of how the book plays out. It's just, he's just traveling and things happen to him, whether they have significance or not, but they're mentioned and they're written down and you can't really have that for a movie. I feel like you, you lose the audience much more quickly than probably a book because a book is more investment. Right. But yeah, I don't know. It's it, to me, the book is more of a, I think for like legal reasons, he said he changed everyone's name. Um, Probably. Or like the publishers said, don't, don't put the real names. Mm -hmm. But to me, the book is sort of like a document of its time. It's almost like a diary you Mm -hmm. read in a nonfiction class to explain what the world was like at a certain moment. Yeah. And he's offering insights into a world, but he's not, he didn't care about making those insights like into a narrative. Right. 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 He was sort of a, yeah. Like you said, encapsulating like a moment in time. Yeah, and so like I this to me this doesn't even work as a TV show. Like I don't even know yeah. what the TV show version of this is. It's definitely like vignettes. You know, it's, yeah. it's a thirty minute section where he goes from New York to San Francisco, yeah. and the shit that happens there. Right, and then you know there are recurring characters and yada yada yada. But it's like you have to you'd have to invent, and they do. You have to invent a story to right. make to make on the road work as a movie. So maybe it just took somebody famous like Kristen Stewart saying like, mm-hmm. Hey, I want to do this yeah. and I'm going to take this role and I'm going to make it bigger and I'm going to, I'm the name that's going to get funding and we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to, it's hard to write a story around a character who doesn't really have a goal. Right. I mean, maybe you could, you could probably argue that his goal is to like maybe find himself or have a good time or whatever, something like that. But that's not really a tangible thing that you grasp, right. That really affects you and moves you um at the end of the movie but yeah i think you know the cast certainly for this adaptation is quite stellar like kristen stewart like you said so maybe that has something to do with it finally getting made but uh, there were attempts in the past there were i yeah i gotta imagine this was just sitting there and it just like took the like the stars to align to get it like greenlit yeah i mean i mean obviously in 57 Kerouac wrote that letter to marlon brando saying that you know we should work together we should film this together um and then there were more attempts um did you did you read it did you want to mention some of these later on like some of the people who were attached to it previously no let's do it now okay um so warner brothers acquired it um this is 1979 francis ford coppola was a big uh, admirer of it and he acquired the bought the rights of it in 1979 with warner brothers i believe or paramount and um so the people who were originally like attached to it um, or people that may, might know now is Ethan Hawke. Uh, he was going to play Sal Paradise. Um, and then Brad Pitt was going to play Demon or Yardy. I think that was in the 90s. Um, and then that obviously fell through. Um, and then Billy Crudup as well. With for a, Sal. For, no, for, um, for Dean. For, no, sorry, Sal. You're right. So Billy Crudup 
for Sal, and then Colin Farrell for Dean, and that must have been in the 2000s. Oh. So, and then Gus Van Sant also expressed interest in, in directing. So it's kind of just bounced around Hollywood for the past, you know, 50 plus years. Um, but I thought those were interesting actors. Um, I've got some modern names to bring up later. Okay, good. I want to hear those. The, the, the float them off of you. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. I got to think it's just like this, this was, could have been made whenever, and it just took someone brave enough to play Dean and someone strong enough to just be like, we're fucking doing this. Yeah. They, I'm sure once they greenlit, obviously, like, the talent flocked. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, so they certainly showed up to the party. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, is that is that it for the so. lit? Let, oh, my God, I cannot speak today. I'm like, after last night, man, I like, can't yeah. <laughs> can't really focus. Uh, we were out in Clarendon, so, big, big night. Because Eric's birthday weekend, so. That's true. Turning 30, reading on the road for the first time. Yeah. You know, just pack up and leave. I think that's what this is inspired <laughs> me to do. <laughs> We'll be it's right the last episode of the podcast. We're going to be we're going to be right, right back. <laughs> Do you have an idea for an episode? Tell us what it is. Tweet at us, find us on Instagram, follow us for updates and general musings at lit2lens. And we are back. Thank you for that brief word from me. Keep it brief. You're very welcome. Um half short twice strong. What? Is that keep, a th- keep it brief on half short twice strong. Is that right? Is that a thing? I believe that's a Wu-Tang Clan lyric. Oh, really? So you're bringing out the woo today on a Sunday of all that's days. My, that's, uh, the best writing advice is from the Wu-Tang Clan, which is keep it brief, half short, twice strong. I like it. Okay, there you go. It's a little Sunday so, for you here. Wu- Wu-Tang Sunday here yeah. at Little Lens. <laughs> Usually it's Wu-Tang Wednesday, but... Like, <laughs> um, so we have jokes for you. We don't promise that they'll be good, but we promise they're jokes. Yeah. So don't be to, offended. We're going to have to go to the workshop and uh yeah find find some more humor yeah we might need to like take our stand up on the road and see what works and what doesn't now that there are audiences again we can actively workshop yeah for now we're just sort of like we're in an echo chamber and that's not it's not good for joke writing no you're we're just in our own heads yeah yeah um i can go first yeah what did dean say to the undertaker i don't know what did he say yo man dig that oh that's good See, that's why, good. I don't know why he's with an Undertaker. So that it, it needs can, some work. Oh, you should have said The Rock. Isn't his thing? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Mm. I don't know. That's Booker T. Is that? Uh, oh, or, okay. Am I getting that confused? Wasn't that guy's name like? I think there was a wrestler named Booker T. Washington, right? I know that's also that the, sounds the familiar. Um, it was a play on that guy. Yeah. Or that guy's name. Yeah. Anyways. It's been a while since I've watched wrestling. <laughs> we should we should bring it back. Yeah. All right, my joke. What is the origin of the phrase, I'm not gay, but $20 is $20? Harlem Marx in this movie. Dean Moriarty when he's when he needs cash, right? Yeah, I think that is what he says, basically. He's it's sort of, Yeah, it's not ex- word for word, but it's essentially the same thing. He's like, yeah, I, I did it for us. I did it for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now we can move on from our jokes. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm good. Okay, all right, I'm good. good. Just want to make sure. Okay, the movie. So, did we enjoy it? Did we like it? What are our thoughts? What are our feelings um, about the movie? I, I or the film? Not, not like it. Didn't really like it so much. Um, I think my opinion is that the movie was almost too mainstream. Like I, I think I could have used a a more independent, mm. like just like fucking. Just go for it. Yeah. Be really weird. 
do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Don't be a big budget sort of adaptation of this. Yeah. Because it was an, I guess it was independent, but $25 million independent with all these Hollywood people. That's, is that independent? Or right. Or is that just like Oscar bait? Yeah. I think is maybe a, a thing to ask. Right. Um, I, I think they just should have, they just should have tried to be weirder. I think what they, they tried to shoehorn in a traditional narrative for something that wouldn't take it. It wasn't even really a traditional narrative. It was more... It was kind of just the same story from the page that was just sort of plopped onto the screen, and it just didn't really work. Yeah. Um, right. I think my first difference here, I'll just leap into it, because it, I think it applies to this, but like, there, the purpose of the movie was to write the book. Right. Right? Yes. Correct. And so it wasn't... I think you were talking earlier, like they don't learn anything and they don't right the, just the the purpose what sal's purpose is is to like collect enough life experience in two hours to then write on the road right right right, right. and that's what the movie is is like, essentially yeah is living on the road so he can write on the road right and i think i'm i'm i hate it i think i hate i think i hate that as a framing device <laughs> tell me how you really feel yeah it's like you know what the you know gilmore girls she's writing gilmore girls all along right or like gossip girl sort of yeah just, trying to figure out who's blogging the whole time yeah there are others like this too, where it's just like the the movie, the story is about writing the story. So I don't I don't hate that like narrative choice, but I think it's certainly like I think you're alluding to it with Gilmore Girls and other places. Like it's it's certainly overused, right? It's like a, a stereotype is not the right word, but it's there's certainly a, my the words are escaping me, but like a a, a stank on that. Yeah. Like choice of narrative structure right yeah it's a bit um yeah it's a bit too commonplace for it to work as well as you want it to work right 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 yeah exactly yeah 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 um so I, that part just didn't work for me um we'll talk more about like the casting mm-hmm. i think i just think dean was like not horrifically miscast but <laughs> definitely miscast i think they they the, the look the, is there he yes um, I want to talk more about Dean later, so we'll, okay. we'll save the, the Dean rant. Put but a cap on it. I just think that there was no energy. There was no personality in this movie. Yeah. It was, for being like a movie about some fucking crazy people, there was very little... It was very mild crazy. Yeah. 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 It wasn't... There's nothing about it exciting. I wasn't like, wow, youth culture is right. back. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, Ben's a dream. Yeah. Let's do like... Let's <laughs> Shoot put up. in our coffee and like pass <laughs> right. it around and like get high. It just wasn't... It was more depressing. Like, it was like they were doing these things and you just kind of felt sorry for them. At least I did. I was like, oh, like, they're going down the wrong path. It was almost like a... I don't know, like, a, you know that movie Kids from back in the it. day? Like, where they're... It's more of like that. It's more of, like, sad and, like, to watch. At least that's how I felt. Yeah. I do think part of part of On the Road is, is sort of, like, the bill has come due. And at the end of the book, right, like... Sal's moved on to adult life mm-hmm. and Dean it hasn't. Right. And that's kind of sad. Like it's sort of, it's sort of like waking up at 9am after a night out mm-hmm. and just being like, fuck <laughs> It's sort of how the book ends. And kind of like this morning. Yeah. But the book also gives you all of that night out. This yeah. movie only gives you the like 9am feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it, what we're trying to say is it didn't, it did not inspire uh enthusiasm for like doing this yeah going traveling like that's what this movie should have done right yeah it was it was depressed yeah um and it was just a movie about writing which is hard hard to do yeah 
Where it's like, okay, is there a scene where he writes just like, fuck, 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 fuck on a typewriter and rips the page out and throws it away? Right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> is there a scene where he like gets inspired and just writes and writes and writes and doesn't stop writing? Yeah, because that's the only two ways you can show writing <laughs> as a, on a movie. That's it. Either you type out, fuck, 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 or yeah. you just like bang out uh, the 55 best American book of all time. Yeah, I mean. That's it. That's the only way you can do it. Yeah, literally. And we saw that with adaptation many times. Yeah. Um, but, so, I want to move on to another difference here, and it's a big one, is the amount of sex. And the differences within the sex uh, motivations of, of a lot of the characters in this film. Um, so, Carlo Marx, who is Allen Ginsberg yep. in real life, is, in the film, a homosexual, Right. And like hopefully or at least it to Dean. Yeah. yeah. So he's like in love with Dean as are other females. And Dean is sort of a player, sort of sleeps with a lot of women, not really tied down to any of them. Also has sex with uh, Carlo Marx, so he's bisexual. Um, ends do up they have, have sex with do they have sex with each other? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. But they do the they start having sex in the threesome in that one scene. So I just assumed that yes. the deed was done. Yes. But maybe yeah. That's right. And then he ends up having sex with an older man, Steve Buscemi's character, later on for money. But you kind of get the sense that it, he was sort of initiating it, uh, Dean he, was. Yeah, it was more like he was more open to it than he sort of let out. He discussed about it or sort of elaborated on it later. Um, but yeah, so what were your thoughts on that? Was that sort of like Hollywood throwing this in? Was this uh, an interesting addition or change for you? What are your thoughts? I didn't... I thought it was... I thought it was, like, mostly fine. Um, I... I don't... I don't know. I feel like they... They decided that Dean wasn't going to be crazy, but he was going to be, like... Just, like, a... A creature of... Like, a sexual being. Yeah. And he was going to say yes to everything. Right. Whether that meant women or men. That was the way they were going to show him to be Dean. Mm -hmm. And not, like, screaming at people or being crazy right in a, a different form right 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 so I, I maybe that was a trade i think um i didn't fully some of those relationships didn't really really make sense to me like mm -hmm. at the beginning carlo was like kind of pining for him and then it was rejected because dean was sleeping with women right and then he eventually did sleep with carlo and it was like fine right i'm like I, i'm just i'm just sort of confused like are we are we rooting for this are we not rooting right. for this like why aren't you still angry about it right i i just didn't get it yeah i mean i think it was the goal of it was to um add another sense of like drama and tension right between the characters but they never even fought about it like carlo was just sort of pissed and would like slap like smack things and like he would throw a chair or, like, yeah smack a table. when he heard him having dean having sex with uh, somebody else in another room he would be like jealous and like he would scream like, yeah, yell, yeah. Like, he's a fucking bitch yeah, yeah right, right um but yeah it wasn't it wasn't like it was just like okay all right this is happening yeah it wasn't very dramatic yeah it wasn't dramatic yeah i for me it was just like i'm dean is going to be a person that just says yes yeah exactly um but there's there's other sex with with women in between characters that don't have sex in the book either yeah yeah um so dean in the book really only has sex with mary lou who's played by kristen stewart here and camille who's played by kirsten dunce here mm -hmm. and he has another lover and sal has a couple of lovers yeah um 
and in the book Sal and Mary Lou have this sort of like wanting for each other right that's never consummated and in the movie Mary Lou just is like sleeping around yeah between she's, the two of them. she's similar to Dean in that respect where she is very much a sexual creature and she will sort of sleep with many people but they bring uh, Sal into the mix which is not doesn't happen in the book so Sal, correct. Sal gets to have sex I don't think he, he he tries to have a threesome with Dean, Mary Lou, and there tries to be a threesome between Dean, Mary Lou, and Sal, and Sal like can't do it. Yeah. But then later on, they are like all naked together in the car. Yeah. And they have like a little sexy scene there. That was another weird scene. Like, they're driving and they're all naked, and she's basically jerking both of them off, or she is jerking both of them off while Dean's driving. They're driving, and it's like a. It's almost like a com- comedic scene, right? Because the person who's passing them kind of notices, and then he kind of drives off the road in shock, right? Yeah. Um, it was just, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. It ha- they talk about it in the book. They're just like, oh, you know what we should do? We should just like be naked now. Yeah, it, it just sort of felt like it didn't hit. Like, it didn't feel like there was a real purpose for that. Yeah, I wonder if it's like a Kristen Stewart thing, where she just doesn't feel like a person who is... Uh, like wild and crazy. None of these people felt like impulsive mm. to the, like there's a lot of sex happening, but I never felt that Sal or Dean or Mary Lou as played by these actors was impulsive. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well they're just like having sex because that's what the script says. For right, them to right, do. right. I didn't feel that like Dean was, you know, I've got to have sex, man. Yeah. Right, right, right. I'd have to have sex with somebody like right now. Right now. Yeah. It's sort of, I mean, that's on the actor, right? Um, And maybe the, they're, there wasn't a scene, an extra scene for them to sort of bring that up, but it's on the actor's job to sort of do that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. There was a lot of sex. So yeah. if you're into sex, check it out. Yeah, I just I I wonder if like they were they meant sex to be a shorthand for like this is fun, you know? This is yeah. like young people. That's where they were. I think that's where they're going for. Yeah, and it this just didn't really for me. It didn't really work. No, me neither. Uh, but let's just talk about Mary Lou. Yeah, so she gets a huge glow up here. In, mm-hmm. the, in the book, she is Dean's initial wife. Yep. Um, and she sort of makes eyes with Sal. They kind of have like a, a maybe will they, won't they? They sort of make yep. plans at some point in San Francisco. They're going to run off together and leave Dean behind. Um, that's not really the case here. She is sort of, she's given more agency, I think. Obviously, definitely. Uh, peak fame Kristen Stewart coming off Twilight right. probably influenced a lot of that mm-hmm. um, but she does a lot of things for herself she sort of just like decides who she wants to be with and when she brings them together she pushes them apart she decides that she kind of in a twist was like I'm married or I'm engaged yeah to a sailor to a sailor although we haven't seen her without Dean and yeah. ever just another another weird addition yeah and it just, it, there are a lot of things in this movie that are just said that are not sort of for the narrative, but not sort of explained or delved into. It's just sort of like, here's extra context for the audience. Yeah. This is what's driving her motivation or whatever. Yeah. She doesn't, yeah. It's like, she's she's yeah, not okay. in the movie for 20 minutes and then when she comes back, we don't even know where she's been. or right. And then it's like, oh yeah, well, I, I got engaged while I was gone. But yeah. like, now I'm, I'm in the car naked with you guys. Right. It's like, show us, show us the stuff. Yeah. Show us these things. I know it's a lot. It was already a two-hour-long movie, but, like, show us. Show me. Yeah. It's weird. It's like, so she's given agency, and I think a lot of the... In the book, 
she's kind of done a little bit dirty. Like I think they call her a whore. Like, yeah, several, definitely. Several yeah, times. Several so like times. the 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 relationship and like the way that she's written about is is not like healthy. The right. Twenty twenty one standards. Right. So in this movie, it 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 disallows that. Like that's not she's not that in this movie. Correct. Right. Correct. It, it makes her an actual like person, person who can do stuff and has fe- her own feelings. Correct. Um, and you know, leaves when she wants to leave. Right. But she's just like around until she's not. Yeah. So it's, she's she's bigger in a sense that like she's present, but she also doesn't have a lot to do or doesn't have a lot that she like wants to do. Yeah, I mean it's her I think her character's um role in the story is essentially to sort of distract Dean and to sort of maybe give hope or sort of a hope of romance for Sal. Um Yeah, she she's sort of like in this she's like the pivot of this triangle. Um a fulcrum point. Yeah, she's certainly a very important part to this movie. Not so much in the book. Um, but obviously, you know, it's Christmas story, so you gotta give her some lines, right? Yeah. Um but yeah, so she's, no, she's a big she's a big character in the movie. Um certainly, yeah, not as uh demeaned as she was in the book her character was in the book which is you know probably a good thing yeah i suppose the idea of her is like you know you show her in relation to dean who can't stop and so even though they're married like he's still gotta like sleep around he's gonna Mm. have kids with somebody else and have kids with someone else um and have sex with whoever he wants and you just show dean as like peter pan like never growing up like moving 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 yeah and then when you show her with sal sal's kind of like let's run off together, let's, like, start something. Mm-hmm. And so you just get the sense that Sal, although he can be crazy like Dean, has a part of him that wants a slower a slower life. Right. Well, let's get into Dean. Let's do it. So, he is quite quite crazy in both. Yeah. Um, certainly, I would, I would probably say a little bit more convincing crazy in the book. And, like, um medically insane yeah um in the in the movie he's more of just this go with the flow sort of egotistical um person who has sex with a lot of women and is not really one for responsibility right because he's a kid he doesn't really care for um but so yeah so what were your thoughts on dean and the differences so let's back it up for a second because I think Dean has something that inspires him which is to find his father like yes. the, the big Dean quest is to figure out where his dad went mm-hmm. like his dad I think was a itinerant like hobo yep. or like a drifter mm-hmm. um, and he he doesn't know where he, at some point the, the two got like disconnected and he in his travels is always like I wish I could find my old man yeah, and yeah. see how he's doing mm-hmm. and whatnot and that's sort of his quest mm-hmm. In the movie, that they talk about that a little bit, yep. and there's a moment where he like comes face to face with some guy in Denver, and we thinks, yeah, we like hold on them for fifteen seconds, and mm. it's like, is this my father? Like it sort of shows the impossibility of the, the quest. Yeah, um, but that that is something that drives him, and it's something that you sort of get the sense of like maybe he'll grow up to be like that, just like forever, yes, drifting, floating yep. in the wind, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't do a whole lot with that. Like I, my description of Dean in this movie is just, he is an asshole. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, he's an unforgiving asshole. Yeah. Uh, and I think the problem with him here is that he doesn't have the magnetism that he does in the book. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there are people who are messes, but there are people that are, like, fun messes. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think when when you realize, like, the fun is over, then it's problematic. Right. But as long as this person is fun and can give you something, mm-hmm. it's sort of like um in friends there's that fun bobby character they always talk about oh yeah like yeah. oh yeah fun bobby's coming over fun Bo- oh, i can barely remember fun bobby and they realize like oh fun bobby was an alcoholic and every time they were with him they were just like wasted and had yeah. like you know way too much to drink but right. it was fun but they couldn't remember it and they were like oh shit actually fun bobby was problematic right, right, right. i feel like that's sort of dean where in the moment he is amazing mm-hmm. and he's fun and he lives life and he is like brings people together but he also tears people apart. Yeah. Um, but as long as he is fun, fun, then mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. And the movie takes the fun away from him. It takes the energy out of Dean. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Um, yeah. I, like we said earlier, it was, it was just more depressing and, and awkward and, and not really fun and enjoyable. Yeah. And so without it, you just are left with Dean who like bothers kids, leaves his <laughs> wife, yeah. Like they go to, he goes to Mexico with Sal and just decides to leave Sal alone in Mexico. Yeah. And Sal's having like a fever trip. Yeah. Like Sal is, has dysentery and like very well could die. Right. And Dean's like, bye, old pal. See <laughs> I'll see you down the road. <laughs> and in the book, they, that happens in Mexico, but Sal has a buddy with him. Right, right, right. In the movie, he doesn't have the buddy there. Yeah. And so it's just like, you're just fucking leaving Sal to like die <laughs> when he's like in bed with a 150 degree fever. Yeah, it's a good friend. So I'm just like, I, I just think Garrett Hedlund did it wrong. Like there was, I, you need the reason to like Dean and it didn't exist. And without it existing, all the relationships that he has are fucked. Yeah, essentially. Um, yeah, I mean, you will get into it here in a second, but like, I, you know, it's clear that he was horribly miscast as Dean. Yeah, he looks like Dean. Looks right? like Dean. I think yep. we agree on that. Yep. Um, but he didn't feel like Dean. Correct. You want to talk about the father stuff anymore or do you... Do you well, no, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, I think it's important to mention that that is his driving force. And it's sort of, you know, it's that parallel. Like, you know, how similar was Dean's father to Dean as we know him? Um, is, and is Dean going down that path? And you kind of get the sense that he is. Like he, you know, he's he's ripping apart the relationships that he has formed, right? That he has a child and he has a wife. Um, and those relationships are deteriorating and he doesn't really have anything else going on. Like eventually, like you said, the fun will stop, but he will probably continue searching for it and continue being his himself and he won't be able to change. Getting kicks. Yeah. So I, I just think it's important to mention that his, that's what his, how his father ended up and that's likely like the path that he's going down. So we're not, obviously don't get that far, but, um, but yeah, so yeah. All right, so I have I have some alternate Dean castings that I came up with last night. I'm actually super ready for this. So I liked I liked Marlon Brando. That's a good one. These are all modern actors. Okay. And um, yeah, I don't I don't give a fuck about old actors. So I'm gonna I have four names here. Okay. Let's we'll discuss each one. First name, a little out of the box. Okay. For Dean, Harry Styles. Oh, interesting. He's got he's got the the like, look the look right. Yeah. He's got a little bit of like sultry uh like yeah i'm a like fuck your mom energy <laughs> yes right um i don't know that he is like he might not i don't know that necessarily Dean needs to be like super masculine because harry styles isn't no. like, traditionally not like a big guy yeah he's not yeah. like marlon brando male but like 
I don't know. Some, something about Harry Styles, I kind of, I kind of like, am intrigued by. Yep, I'm intrigued as well. So Harry Styles. Okay. Uh, number two, Ryan Gosling. Of course. Now here's like oh, a, a uh, crazy stupid love Ryan Gosling, like with the the sunglasses, just mm. like telling Steve Carell he's trash. Right, right, right. Um, he's sort of like explaining to you how coolness works. Mm, yeah. And you're just like, yeah. Okay, I'm into this. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I think I don't know if Dean is meant to be blonde. The blonde, like, see if, yeah, it feels great. Yeah. So, I get dirty blonde. Um, here's one that is, that's unrealistic now, but peak of his, uh, powers and, um, ability to be a Hollywood figure, Army Hammer. Oh, God. So, like, post, uh, yeah, look, we're not condoning Army Hammer, but I think post, uh, social network. Right. Like, you know, six foot three strapping blonde. Yeah. Know, comes from Cayman Island dynasty. Right. right. Like obviously a, like a, a real menacing side to him. Mm-hmm. Something about army hammer kind of like appeals to me about. Yeah. Okay. I can see it. That one I don't love as much as the others, but okay. Okay. I see where you're going. And then last one, this, this is the one I think I like the most is like wedding crashers era Bradley Cooper. Oh my God. Just like total like good looking yeah strapping but also like fuck you yeah energy but yep. in a way that you can't like you sort of like like yeah, yeah yeah no i like i like that one as well although in wedding crashers he's just he's just a straight up asshole yeah um but i do think he certainly has a talent and ability to sort of pull that in a direction where you like him yeah even though he's such a dick because he, he does like the, the hangover stuff like he's kind of a dick in the hangover, hangover too but you like him in hangover yeah um star is born same thing he's he he's like a great dick yeah but he is a also kind of likable definitely in a way definitely that's probably my favorite i don't really see so i don't i don't like army hammer i just think he's too good looking and he's too well built and he doesn't have the acting ability to pull that off yeah he's not quite as spastic like bradley could yeah. be a little more spastic definitely than army hammer i think ryan gosling could do it i just don't think He's also a little flat, maybe. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't. I haven't really seen him in a role like that. Um, although when he was the teacher in whatever that movie was, I have Nelson. Yeah, that was really good. Um, although he wasn't. He well. He's a little weird, but I don't know that he is like crazy weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, and who Harris? I kind of really like the Harry Styles one. Um, I think he like even in the in the Christopher Nolan, that one scene okay. he had, he was good. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen him do anything else, but he feels right. He feels right. Plus, he's a rock star. It's like, yeah, Dean kind of feels like a rock star. Yeah. Um, I like Bradley Cooper a lot. I was actually going to, I was hoping you were going to say, I was thinking you were going to say either Robert Downey Jr. or Johnny Depp. I like Robert Downey Jr. Young Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he feels like that crazy, but he's like, he's charming. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a... Uh, what's that, Brett Easton? Less Than Zero? I haven't seen it. I, I was reading that this summer. Less Than Zero, Brett Easton Ellis. Mm-hmm. And I think... Is that a movie, too? Yeah. Is he in that? He's in that. Oh. And I think he might... I think there's might be, like, some overlap between these two books with just, uh. like, the... Uh, that one's maybe, like, more bored. Uh-huh. You know? Like, well, we're just, like, rich Southern California people. And right, it's, right. like, life is so just, like, you know, hard that we have to take drugs all right, right, just right, to right. get by. Um... <laughs> But I like Robert Downey Jr. I, he he definitely has a spastic personality. Yeah. 
and he's good looking and you follow him I yeah think. Mm-hmm. um johnny depp is i think he's pseudo canceled right yeah, kind of canceled yeah but like you know pirates of the caribbean-esque time frame maybe yeah i don't know if he's done a role like this but he just seems like he at least in the 90s right he had that bad boy look to him that sort of feels like dean to me a the little bit sunken eyes and yeah like, he's always looking a for, strung out looking for something yeah, yeah. A little strung out yeah yeah. Which which one is your favorite? I think I like the ones. I think I like Bradley Cooper the best. Yeah, I kind um, of agree. I do, I do also like Harry Styles. Yeah, Harry. Uh, yeah, Harry Styles feels good. So we'll we'll get them on the pod. We'll see if we can make a readaptation. Yeah, I'd be curious. Do over like other potential. There's a. I mean, it's, there's a lot. It's such a. It's not. A, I mean, it's a good part. It's yeah. like kind of an interesting role. What about for Mary Lou? Like Christian Stewart's Mary Lou. Any anybody come to mind? Mary Lou has like so little personality in the book that it's yeah it's, it's like you, you sort of have to rebuild and they, that's what they do in the movie like they sort of rebuild her yeah. I don't I don't necessarily know I Kristen Stewart has a really strange personality to me mm-hmm. where it's I almost feel like she doesn't have friends mm-hmm. like Kristen Stewart just seems like a person who doesn't have friends to me she's just like like stern looking at like, you mean in cafe. real life yeah okay like she just. She's, like, smoking a cigarette, drinking a coffee in, like, a French cafe, and, like, no one approaches her. She's very standoffish. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Or yeah. appears to be. That's her vibe to me, right? Okay. Yeah. Like, like, she was in that Charlie's Angels movie. I was like, Chris um, Stewart's not a, in the Charlie's Angels. <laughs> like, she's not on a team like that. Right, 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 yeah. right. She'd be good. I think she is, like, the tr- a traditional, like, male anti-hero role. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she would. She fits in really well there. Yeah, yeah, Like, I, if she does have like screen charisma and she's i think she's a good actress right i just don't see her as like a bubbly part of a team no definitely or like somebody who's about free love right right, right. like that's just not her to me that's just not her yeah um i don't know like uh... i keep thinking blake lively from the town but that's almost like too dark yeah mary lou i think yeah you sort of need somebody who is just like down for stuff mm-hmm. but also i don't even know i don't even know what the personality type is yeah we'd have to figure it out because like being sex positive is not a personality <laughs> which is sort well of what it is it is. Kristen Stewart is right doing here yeah um i don't know it's a good question well our like listeners sal, i don't even know about sal either sal is like kind of nothing yeah he's yeah well he was nothing in this movie for sure it's a bit of an like a nick caraway gatsby part yeah, yeah right where like yeah. nick caraway is just there to show us what gatsby does right and that's sort of what sal does essentially to show us what dean does yeah well listeners if you have any ideas feel free to tweet us at lit to lines alternate castings yes bring them um so eric would you say that this adaptation was successful or unsuccessful i think the answer has to be no um i think this was a movie that showed how the it showed the like the creation of the book on the road yeah more so than it told the story of on the road right i think it was i think they're kind of misaligned like fundamentally Mm -hmm. so as an adaptation of on the road i think it failed as a a conception of like what the writing of on the road might have been like that's more like what we're talking about for this movie yeah no i agree i mean it no go ahead and i think the energy was off yeah, that was the biggest thing for me. The energy just did not feel the same. It felt like we mentioned earlier. It felt more sad, um, yeah, and awkward, and not like fun and vibrant. 
which is what it should have been. I think they just they might have just tried too hard. There's those scenes where they're Dean is dancing with um, Mary Lou, right? And it seems fun, but it's also just kind of like, why is this here? You know what's going on? This is just kind of awkward. Yeah, the mambo know. scene at the end where they're in the like the whorehouse in Mexico. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, and they're just like if, he's just like dancing and if that almost felt like a that should be in like a drug movie, like a car, like a cartel or you know like a mob movie or something. Yeah, I I I feel like this movie probably came out in the wrong time. Like we're in a, yeah. a moment in history that is a little bit we're in like a little bit of a hangover from what happened in the mid part of the century. Like I think, I feel like right now our society is hungover from like the partying that happened in the sixties. We're still hungover 50 years so. later. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. maybe we're coming out of it like post pandemic. Maybe. <laughs> but like in 2012, I feel like the world was too, we like weren't ready to talk about things like that. Definitely not. So I wonder if it was made when the book came out with like Brando and you had like mm. new Hollywood people just like, no. I mean, zany. Yeah. Sort of like, um, you ever see, um, oh, what's that biker movie with Peter Fonda and, Mark, uh, not on the road. This is on the road. <laughs> I don't know anything about Peter Fonda, so. No, I'm forgetting. Peter Honda or Peter Fonda? Peter Fonda. Mm. Dennis Hopper, Jack Nicholson, motorcycle movie. Famous motorcycle movie. No, no, Easy no. Rider. Okay. Easy Rider. So they have this, like, Quarter, the last quarter of that movie is they basically just take like a drug-induced trip to New Orleans and go to Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. Like that's sort of like what this movie should have been. It's just like yeah, a drug-induced trip to Mardi Gras, yeah. New Orleans. That would have been cool. Yeah. You should, you should direct it. You should do it. Yeah, I got some Benzedrine here. So <laughs> another thing, I, the we didn't really talk about Old Bully. Oh yeah, played by Viggo Mortensen and his wife, uh, played by Amy Adams, and she was weird. Yeah. No, those so those characters I thought were good. I mean, Amy Adams was a little bit odd, but I thought her uh, Viggo Mortensen, who played Obuli, was great, and then as well as Elizabeth Moss, who played uh, Letta Dunkel. Yeah, she was great too. I thought. Yeah, it's funny. Like the great acting occurred outside of the main actors, yeah. which is like not what you want. It's just not what you want from a movie. Yeah, but the Viggo Mortensen role was important just because he's like the old hat writer and he's like Sal. Yeah. You gotta, like... He's sort of his, like, writing mentor. Mm. It's like, keep writing, man. Like, keep doing it. Keep yeah. digging. And he's he's sort of a, like, moralistic force. Yeah. Where he's like, don't... You can't just, like, live life as a party guy. Right. You know, you want it to collect experiences so that you can write. So right. don't forget about the writing. Right. So really, On the Road, as a movie, is more of a writing movie than it is, like, an experiential movie. That's true. So, yeah. The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. Um, so, let's get into some hot takes. I will go first. Um, I think this movie should have been directed by an American director. I just... Is he British? I think... No, I think he's uh, Peruvian. Oh. Um, I will just confirm real quick. I just think this movie... Or he's Brazilian. I just think that this movie um, is about America, right? It's about this American desire for purpose and searching in good times that... Um, you know, I'm not saying that he has no idea what he's doing or whatever, but like, you just get the feeling that that was sort of missing from this movie. This sort of Amer- heart of America was sort of just not there in the film, but it was there in the book. At least that's how I, that's how I interpreted it. I understand why they chose him as well as the screenwriter, both come from Motorcycle Diaries. I haven't seen the movie, but from what I have seen from the stills and trailers and stuff, it is, it is an on the road movie. Like it's a, 
they are on in a motorcycle going on the road like wherever the hell they are i think it's in somewhere in central or south america but um you get the sense visually like okay this is kind of what they wanted and i think that's what they went for but didn't really hit so hot take over okay mine's not quite as spicy as that i just i think they should have left this book alone oh okay um if it, if it took them 70 years to adapt at 60 years what 1957 to 2012 yeah, if it uh 60 60 years just leave it alone yeah um you know, that, I think that's really it. Or or make it weirder. Yeah. Take it out of Hollywood. Yeah. Let's just, let's just like, fucking handheld cameras. <laughs> let's make it. Give it to some film school rejects. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, something. I think we, I think my, my hot take is just leave it alone. That's fair. Um, final thoughts. What will we remember? Oh, I'm sorry. Before we do final thoughts. Move your book. Which you, yeah, which do you prefer? I got a book. I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, I, it's a three star for me on Goodreads. Me too. But I still go, I, I go book. Me too. Me as well. I feel like we don't really disagree on these too often. I feel like we should disagree more. I'm going movie then. No, I'm, <laughs> I can't go movie. No, I can't go movie either. It's definitely book for me. Also did three, three stars on Goodreads. So there you go. We need half stars. Yeah, we do need Give half, stars. half stars. Please. Now we're into final thoughts. Uh, what are we going to remember from the book? Um, I will remember Dean for all the reasons we mentioned for his craziness. What about you? I really like this phrasing I wrote down here that LA is the loneliest and most brutal of American cities. So I, I was reading this when oh. we were on our honeymoon in California. Mm-hmm. And I think I was reading that like either while we were in LA or moving to LA. Mm. And I was like... That stuck out. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Especially nowadays. Yeah. It is pretty I think lonely. that fits, yeah. And brutal. Yeah. If you're not like a TikTok, TikTok like famous person, like who are you? A TikToker. You're a lonely nobody yeah i, I kind of like the way people use these like weird words to describe like what is the, what does being brutal mean you know and i feel like he likes to do that in his writing he's like he describes something with a word that almost doesn't describe it or describes mm. it like in a very broad way yeah like how does how is a city brutal so the so the reader will fill in their own meaning for it yeah right yeah like lonely you sort of get like okay well i'm just by myself and things are happening without me yeah but brutal could be a number of things emotionally brutal physically brutal yeah. I like it. okay i get it yeah. thank you um and then what are we gonna remember from the movie um chris and stewart hitting the ski slopes if you've seen the movie you'll know what i'm talking about that was interesting we mentioned it earlier what about you i the steve buscemi-ness of it which is like he just <laughs> comes in and he's like hey i'll take you guys to chicago and then uh he's like hey dean i'm gonna have sex with me for money and dean's like sure yep I did it for us. I did it for us, Sal. <laughs> that was also a very awkward scene. Um, yeah. Yeah, he like peeks through the door and sees him having sex. Yeah. Just a whole, just awkward on every single level. Yeah, kind of an awkward movie. Just, in, yeah, overall. But Kristen Stewart, also a very awkward performer. Yes, that is true. Um, Gary Hedlund, less awkward, but just like weird energy. Mm-hmm. I can I can picture him in my head just like dancing to the mambo, like yeah. head jerk it forward just like too much yeah do less yeah do less but a very handsome man nonetheless oh for sure so yeah um and that is it from us thank you for listening if you've gotten this far we're going to sign off here check out our most recent episodes with lane shafter bishop on the business of making film adaptations in hollywood and the season nine introduction which we released on uh, earlier this week and then keep an eye out for our next episode which is going to be on howl see you next time